Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. over 15 years of experience in the beauty industry, I always want to help people grow their business. And I always want to help people get to where they want to go without going through the hardships and the struggles that I had to go through. When I was first starting out in the beauty industry, it was so hard to find a mentor because no one shared secrets. Nobody told you how they did it. And it was a very different time back then. Today, my DMs are full of questions and people who want support from me, but instead of coaching through DMs, I created my mastermind group called the Network Mastermind. The Network Mastermind is one hub with all of my education and a place where I do bi-weekly coaching calls with all of my students and mentees. If you're opening a salon, starting an education business, trying to build as a stylist, trying to navigate being a salon owner, or anything in between, if I have done it, I wanna help you with it. So if you're looking for a mentor at an amazing price and the support of an incredible community, you should really consider joining my mastermind group, The Network Mastermind. Visit www.thenetworkmastermind.com to learn more, and I hope to meet you there. As a hairdresser, I've spent so much time trying to find the best products for my clients and the best prices for my business. Then I found Marlowe Beauty Supply. Marlowe is a wholesale supplier that is only for beauty professionals, AKA they don't sell to your clients. Marlowe guarantees the lowest prices on all of your supplies and guys, the shipping is so fast. It also couldn't be easier to order. Just make an account at marlowbeauty.com or place an order by phone with their friendly customer care team. Marlow has the best customer service, a huge selection of products, the lowest prices, and the fastest shipping, leaving you with more time for your clients and less time standing in line at the store or lifting heavy boxes. Head to marlowbeauty.com to make your free account and start shopping for all of your salon and spa needs. Pros, go to Marlo and so should you. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Gina Bianca podcast. We're here for another amazing episode of Salon Ownership Unfiltered. And I've been having a really good time like interviewing all of these salon owners, but I can't believe this is the first time ever that Matt Swinney has been on my podcast. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hi, hey, we've talked about it for a long time. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so happy that you're here. Matt's one of my favorite people on the whole planet, one of my mentors, uh, someone I've learned so much from in the industry, and he is also a salon owner. So I was building the cast for this amazing series, and I was just like, I definitely have to have Matt on this because I've been to your salon. It's beautiful. I love your building that you're in. He's uh, Thank you. 
in Minneapolis, Evolution Hair Culture. It's an amazing, amazing salon. I, I was able to teach a class there. So I've been there and I was like, got to have Matt. I'm awesome. Hey, honored to be here. You know, you do good work, Gina. You're doing good thing. You're doing God's work. So <laughs> thanks, buddy. Um, so I started this uh, series off asking all the salon owners, like, tell us about how you got into salon ownership, just like how'd you get into it? Tell us a little bit about your journey and you, and you know, if anyone is living under a rock and doesn't know you yet, just give our audience a little snapshot of you and your business. Yeah. Well, so I started actually working in a hair salon when I was 14 years old. Uh, my parents owned a hair salon for 45 years in St. Paul. So I grew up in the hair industry, although it not necessarily being my plan for, for my life. Uh, I had other plans, um, I was an athlete. Uh, I wanted to play, you know, college sports and do the college life. Uh, I got injured. I uh, couldn't play sports anymore, which was a bummer for me, but ultimately steered me into the path of hair school because it was the only thing I knew. Uh, I didn't really love school. You know, school wasn't my strong suit. Athletics was, and that was how I was going to get to school. Uh, so, yeah, so I decided to go to hair school, um, went to the Aveda Institute uh, in 1997. So what were you like? I was six. Uh, yeah, you were six. You were, yeah, you were watching <laughs> cartoons and I was studying, you know, finger waves. Um, but yeah, so I went to the Aveda Institute, uh, the original one owned by Horace Recklebacher. And it's an amazing experience. And it just helped me fall in love, A, with the idea of culture. I thought that was something that Aveda did very well was create their culture, um, be the hair world in general. Uh, and see the educational portion of the hair world. So I got out of hair school, worked for my parents for a couple of years. I was 23 and uh, my parents were going to downsize their salon and we kind of were on different paths. They were on the downswing. I was on the upswing. So I left my parents' salon and opened a salon in Uptown in Minneapolis uh, 20 years ago and been rocking and rolling ever since. Started off... I think we were about 800 square feet. Now we're at about 4,000. So in the same uh, slowly, building, same building. Yeah. Slowly just chewing away space in the building, you know, uh, adding it to evolution experience, hair culture. And so it's been a, you know, an experience without a doubt, lots of learning, lots of laughing, lots of crying, lots of stress, lots of love, all of the emotions tied into one. Yeah. I mean, every salon owner that I've talked to, we talk about like all the, it's all of the emotions. And then the last episode I did, the girl was like, do you, you just have to put your career on hold and grow your people. I'm like, why does that sound like parenting? Yeah. hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Yeah. I was like, why does that sound like parenting? Um, That's I why like, I recommend having partners. Yes. And you have partners, right? Yeah. I have two partners, uh, a guy named Michael Dahl. Uh, we've actually been friends since we were nine years old. And then I have a female partner named Heidi Schroeder, and we have been friends since we were 12. Wow. Do you have any advice for making partnerships work? I'm not a big fan of partnerships um, because I'm so like, I just feel like I'm very controlling and I don't know if I'd work well with a partner. And when people like want to open their first business, I usually advise against a partnership, especially if mm -hmm. You know, it. I just worry for people because a lot of partnerships don't work out. Do you have any advice for people? 
because you advise having yeah, a partner. I, mean, I advise not to. Yeah. I would love for you. I would love to hear your side of that. Here's the deal. Like you said, it's opening a salon is like parenting, right? Um, we all know how difficult it is to be a single parent. You know, like we've seen the story, right? It's a, it's a much more work. Um, I think like with any relationship, you have to have communication, number one, first and foremost. Um, I think that you have to kind of, the reason that I think our partnership has been so successful is because we have lanes, right? Everybody has lanes. And so, for example, let's say I know Heidi's lane. Heidi comes, suggests something. It doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion or that I can't challenge or question but at the end of the day, I know that Heidi's done her research. I know that I trust Heidi implicitly. And so I'm going to let her take control of that lane, you know? And I think that that's where people get kind of, you know, mixed in a partnership and where things kind of get a little dicey is that people don't trust the other person to ultimately handle their lane. And it's hard if you don't trust other people uh, I would question if you, you know, at the end, if you end up trusting yourself, right? Like, do I really believe what I'm doing is right? Do I really believe this is the right thing for me? Oh, you know, you have all, everyone has internal uh, quarry all the time, right? You know, we have internal conversation. And so I just think you have to trust your partners and have to designate your lanes. You know? Totally. I think now you and I, we're great partners. So I think we would be great partners too. And we work really well together. Um, I feel like right. the older that I get, the more open I am to it. It's like when I first started, I was like my way or the highway. Like when I first started, like with my business. Um, and now it's funny that my husband is my business partner now because he does all of our books. He does mm -hmm everything and i stay out of his way i trust him so much with that because he's way more detailed than me and yeah. so i think like the older i am the more i get a little more open to it but yeah, yeah i agree I think, with you have to trust yourself and others but it's also in choosing a partner too right i mean at the end of the day g because if you are choosing somebody who has the same skill set that you have as a partner that is not going to work your partner needs to make you better, yes. just like your life partner, right? And so all three of the partners that I, or, well, all three of us, the two partners that I have, all have different skill sets. Yeah, I, think that's I love the that. important part. That's my yeah, husband and I are like total opposites. And it works. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, you can't, you can't have these two like wildly creative people and nobody cares about the books partnering together because you might come up with some really cool, you know, ways to maybe market your salon or cool photo shoots or cool Instagrams or all that stuff. But if the bills aren't getting paid properly and there's not systems put in place, then your salon's going to have a difficult time, you know, uh, sustaining longevity. Love that. So another question that is on my list is what's your daily role? So since you have these partners, what lane is yours? Like what's your biggest passion and what your what are your strengths in your salon? Yeah. Well, um, I would say, you know, definitely the creative lead in the salon and that department. Uh, I'm the idea guy. Uh, I like, you know, I'm always tossing ideas around to my other two partners of ways that we could 
you know, visually be better or inspire our stylists. I'm the guy that, you know, if the staff maybe is having a little trouble, they come to, I'm the one who puts my arm around you and says, Hey, you having a good day. I say hello to you every morning. I'm like the morale guy in that department, I guess I would say. Um, and the creative guy, like those are kind of like my two really strong uh, suits that I bring to the table in the salon where Heidi, you know, is more of our books process, you know, that type of situation. Um, because in the beginning it was just Mike and I as partners and neither of us were good at that. And I acknowledged the weakness and that is really where Heidi, you know, ultimately thrives. Yeah. And working with you, I've gotten to the honor of working with you and you're definitely the morale person and you're definitely the inspirer. Like I've gotten to work with you and, and see that and being in your salon, that salon, it totally has like a vibe. Like yeah, right. it, it really has does. a vibe. It's a like culture. You, it's a culture. Like you could definitely feel it. And can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how do you create that? Yeah. I mean, it's a big question. It is a big question and it, and it's years and it's also like an amoeba, right? Like it's evolving because you get new people in the door. They, they bring a different element to the culture. Um, but ultimately, like I look at it like you, like our salon is an ecosystem, right? And so that ecosystem is running, you know, well. And then all of a sudden you get this new plant introduced to the ecosystem. How does this new plant fit in and how do we get it to work within, you know, the ecosystem that we have? So one of the big things, like when we hire people, I honestly don't care how you do hair. I mean, that is like the last reason that I hire somebody because hair can be taught, right? Like there, you can get somebody to a point where they're doing good hair. Not everybody has to be the creative genius, but they're doing like good, consistent cuts, colors, retouches, making good money. So, so I think the hair portion of everybody can be involved. For me, it's more about the personality and then blending multiple personalities, if that makes sense. Because you you, you are going to have people that are like, uh, like, for example, I'll just take myself, you know, like I'll work from sunrise to sunset. You know, I have no problem grinding. And there's going to be a couple of people in here that do that. There's going to be other people that want more work-life balance. Um, and I think it's really important if you're creating a culture that's... Uh, conducive of the environment of the world today it has to be a large you know array of personality if everybody would hate yes the culture would have would we would have a definite culture but is that culture indicative of the world we live in of the neighborhood we live in you know all those types of things and so what's the common denominator of the culture that allows all these you know personalities right to join together and um for me it's it's a simple like caring of one another at the end of the day like you have to care about people so i care about everybody who works for me i ask them how they're doing talk about their life you know but, and i mean it i'm not just asking it in in a way that's like filling uh checking a box right or feeling a void. And so I think that ultimately that care can trickle down, right? Um, I like happy people. Like I want you to be happy. If you're, if, if you're, you, we have often have this, you know, 
sayings like check your shit at the door. You know, we, we all have struggles at all different points in our life or something's difficult. But when you come here like that, that's got to be checked at the door because it's our job to day make for the people that sit down in our chair. And so I think everyone who works at Evolution, whether they want to grind, whether they want work-life balance, whether they do fashion tones hair, whether they like to do balayage and Instagram, all the people that work in my salon care about making the person that sits in their chair feel good. I love that. And ultimately, like that's our culture. And I don't think that's the case for everybody, every stylist around, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are like, you should be grateful to sit in my chair, right? Like it's a different attitude. No, no. We have gratitude for the client that sits in our chair. They are our celebrities. You know, I love that. So I think, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's, and it's you know. true. You got to put the client first. And it, there, I mean, well, it depends on your brand, right? But yeah, I, yeah. I totally can see that. And I love that you put it into like very simple terms. Like everybody is going to do what they want to do. They're going to grind. They're going to have work-life balance. They are going to do X, Y, whatever. But there's a common denominator. So salon owners listening, do you have that common de denominator? Because as you're saying that, I automatically am thinking about my salon and thinking, what is the common denominator here? And like, I feel like for my salon, it's growth. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like most people within my space want to grow. And yeah. I, I'm thinking like, you know, how can like, what hearing you say that it's like you I automatically think about like the questions that I'm asking and uh like my Tony Robbins thing I always say is the quality of your questions determine the quality of your life so instead of saying like and this isn't something that I personally ask but I know that some other salon owners may ask it it's like how can I give everyone work-life balance okay that's a question or you could say how can I let everyone work the way they want to work and all have this common thing. Like that's like, a I think that's the key. That's interesting to think about when building culture, what is the common thing? It's not as yeah, complicated. You know, it's not as complicated as we make it. And I actually learned this, you know, probably halfway through my career owning salon. This wasn't something that, like I said, you know, the, the culture is ever evolving. Right. And so something I learned about halfway through is I noticed like a generation of stylists coming in with different ideals of what it meant to be a stylist. And I believe from watching my parents own their salon and watching their staff completely grow old together. Right. So nobody ever really changed, maybe one or two people over the course of time, because that was also the generation. But still, you watched the entire salon just get older. Okay. So the salon itself, when it gets over here, the, the value that you can create for yourself is much less. Okay. Because as you age, you become a different kind of cool along the path, right? You're a different cool at 20, a different cool at 40 and a different cool at 60. And so I watched that kind of progression of my parents' salon. And it was actually something that, you know, I wanted to do differently. And so I think it is extremely important to celebrate the youth of the industry and to invite the youth of the industry into this salon. And if it's a salon of soul grinders, that is very intimidating because you, as this, as these younger stylists come out, they're less likely to 
want to grind as hard as maybe people that graduated hair school in the 90s and early 2k right because that the whole premise of our, what we do is shifting you know and so why do you see less people working at Vidal Session that worked there in the 80s you know very pressurized like people are people's the you know the culture and the idea of what hairdressing is it's kind of changing and so for me I wanted to surround myself with that youth and then pick pieces of it that I think are like, yeah, you know, I can evolve this way. I can evolve this way, but here, let me show you this. So maybe you could evolve this way and you can kind of become like, you can maximize your belief and old belief, if you will. Back I agree. Time, right? We're very similar like that. I love to, when we, when we did that event at the behind the chair show and we had our teams with us, how similar it was like copy, but working with you is like one of the best things that of my whole career. <laughs> it was like the best, yeah. but, um, yeah. ew, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> but we had our teams there and you look at us side by side. It's literally the same. We have like so yeah. many young people around us, but we rock with the young people and they show us, but we're like mentoring them with like things that they need. You know, yeah. it's like, like I learned so much from the new, new blood of the industry. And it's like having a booth rental salon right now. It's like, I've been talking with all of these salon owners and I'm just like, stop talking because now I want to open. I want to, I want to like yeah. bring those people out of school. That was my favorite part of all of it. Cause I yeah. have so much to teach you, but they have so much to teach me. hundred percent. And I it's think that, that is like, I think that's kind of a portal. I think it's time. It could be time <laughs> to do it. Um, I think I think that uh, it is important, and I think that it gets lost with a lot of salon owners. So I, I, and I think ultimately, you know, it's not because the salon owner doesn't want to listen or doesn't. But there's a lot of stress within owning a salon, and so when when you get stressed, like I feel sometimes, I feel like you know, like you've got the rope of life, and when stress happens. You squeeze tighter on what you know, right? Like, because it was successful at one point or you had, you know, so you're squeezing tighter and tighter on that rope of life. And I just, sometimes you got to let go. Sometimes you got to let go and be open, right? Something has to leave for something to come. So you have to be open to the idea that it's possible that maybe these young people are getting something right and it could be added to your repertoire. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. You inspired me so much too. like, just, just up into this point, like I want to go and do a reel of all of my staff and be like, would you say that you're on the grind or on the balance right now? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all totally. of them would be different because we're, we're all hiring right now. We haven't had a chair open in six months and I had two people go part-time and one person move on and we have three chairs open. So we're all just like, shit, like we need to like start marketing. Cause we like got really comfortable, which is my fault, you yeah. know, can never get comfortable. Yeah. But I'm like, I created this whole marketing plan, which I'm super proud of. And I'm like thinking of all of this content and stuff. And that's such a good thing. Cause it can be really like someone might look at me and be like, mm. she's on the grind. She's on the hustle. Like my whole brand is fucking yeah. get what you want. Awesome. Right. Yeah. And, but yeah. like, but also, you know, <laughs> I'll travel for 20 days and then take 40 days off. So it's like, right. I have, my, I have my balance. But, you know, yeah. people see what they want to see, but it could be very intimidating to work here. It's like, well, I don't want to work 40 hours a week. I want to work this. It's like, that's such a good 
it's like I'm inspired as all. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the greatest things that I think that I've realized lately around our salon is that people are not necessarily afraid to ask for what they want. And I think that's like a pretty big deal. Wasn't always the case, FYI. You know what I mean? It wasn't always the case. And so I think where we have come and settled into this culture that we're living in now at Evolution, like people are not afraid to ask for what they want. And I think that's really important. It doesn't mean I'm going to say yes or Heidi's going to say yes or Mike's going to say yes, but it means that they have this place inside of them where they feel comfortable and free enough to ask. A lot of times we don't, right? Yeah. A lot of times we don't have that inside of us. We don't have that comfort to ask for what we want. Yeah, I love that. So we kind of went through a lot of the questions that I was going to ask you. I was going to ask like, you know, what does your ideal employee look like? And you pretty much explain that. Um, and I want to just like ask this one, do, do your employees make their own schedule? Do you, what kind of like scheduling flexibility? Cause like with salon ownership today, I really feel like a, a lot of people want that flexibility and freedom. And I, I feel like everybody wants that. Right. So like as a salon owner, um, and your employee base, so do you do commission, right? Yep. And you have, a, you have training and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a employee-based salon where I'm assuming everyone's W2, do you give them that flexibility with their schedule? Is that something they earn? Like what, what do you guys do? So we do, let's call it like a 75-25 split, right? So we have some parameters. Um, let's work within that parameter and it will we'll get your schedule done. Um, we're super lax about like time off. You just got to communicate with us. Like if you need a day, let's talk, let us know. And that kind of stuff for vacation, you know, all the things like that. Like we're not very, uh, black and white on life is great. So, you know, if you're having a, a moment, you need a day, Let's talk about it. Like if you need the day off, we can work with you. Um, If you are struggling to fill your 9 a.m., but 10 a.m. looks really busy all the time and you're scheduled at 9 a.m., okay, why don't you start coming in at 10? You know, so we're definitely like flexible uh, and and malleable on the schedule. But there are times like where we need to have things, you know, um, filled, right? We need to have availability. And so then... If we're ultra flex, you know, if we're flexible and malleable with your schedule and you schedule yourself out, the next time you come and say you wish you were making more money or why aren't you busier, like we will have that conversation too, right? Because your actions have to equal your desired results. I say this all the time, you know, and so if your desired result to make more money, then your action needs to be to work, right? If your desired result is, you know, to take care of your, uh, mental well-being and maybe, you know, that type of thing, then your action could be to, you know, reduce your hours for a little bit, you know, take care of yourself, have a little bit more balance or me time, whatever it is that you are requiring in the moment. And do you guys let them set their own prices or you have salon prices they stick within? So we work by the hour. So we charge hourly. Um, and that's just the com- uh, uh, com- conversation we have with each person. I will tell you a lot of times we're telling people to charge more. So it's not like they're coming in saying, I want to be charging $200 an hour. You know, people get, you know, pricing is very, very 
can be very, very dicey. I think in the, in the modern, modern world of hair, because you see a, you see people on Instagram telling you, you know, to charge whatever, $1,200 for, you know, a three hour service because you're worth it. And clients should pay you your worth and all those types of things versus people who, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, really want to make it like a longstanding career um, versus like a one shot, right? I see you once, I don't see you again kind of thing. Um, So, you know, it's, it's something where we've been in the business and the industry long enough. We understand the marketplace in our area. um, And I think that that is, you know, often we're, telling them that they should be charging, you know, more than they do. Yeah, totally. So love that. I mean, we covered a bunch of my questions. Um, do you have any pet peeves? Like I ask people like, what do they look for an employee? And then do you have any pet peeves that, you know, it might happen and it just is like, Oh yeah. You know, I, 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 when people just blame people, like I don't, that is one of my biggest pet peeves ultimately in life. Like you cannot blame people for you. You cannot blame people for, you know, you have to take ownership of yourself first. And I think that that's something that just is not common in the world today. Um, ultimately probably a pet peeve because maybe I used to do that you know, until I started actually looking in the mirror and having hard conversations with myself. And so um, maybe that's some kind of weird subconscious internal disappointment in myself um, as why it has become this major pet peeve of mine. Um, But I just think you have to take self-ownership. You have to look in the mirror and you have to ask yourself the tough questions before you point the finger at anybody else. Um, and so when people are consistently like blaming people or being negative all the time, like, I just don't have time for that. Like there's enough negativity surrounding us in the world today, um, where the ecosystems that I create for myself, they're going to be positive ecosystems. They're going to be uplifting. They're going to be loving. They're going to be nurturing. And, and, um, that kind of shit can just be left at the fucking door. So what does that look like when somebody comes in and, you know, maybe they're not booked or maybe they have a redo and they're just like dumping in the salon or in the break room or something like, what does that confrontation look like? Would you say something like right then and there? Sure. I mean, not in front of people. I I, I don't, I don't I, I'm not the, I'm not the judge or jury of anybody. Right. So like, I'm not here to like embarrass you in front of people or call you out in front of people. Um, I just don't think that that is beneficial for anyone. I think you, you ruin trust in a relationship by doing that. Um, but definitely like if people come to me and they're like talking about, you know, negative things or someone's doing this or that's that I, first thing I always say is what's your part in the equation. Oh, we were just talking about that equation. Yeah. Like, because you ultimately can only control yourself. You cannot control other people. And so did you react or did you respond? Like, how, you know, those types of questions are asked um, from me because I think that that is super important and also more than willing to take ownership too. So I try to lead by example of my shit too, right? Like, cause I'm not saying I'm free of this, you know, I'm human, you know, that is the reality. Like we all have moments. And so um, obviously the first one to be like, Oh shit. Yeah. No, that wasn't actually me. I'm sorry. 
uh, I'm going to work to do better. I'm not promising perfection, but I'm definitely going to work to do better. And so I think that's one of the main things that I, you know, do for myself uh, and for as a leadership role is owning, you know, my shit as well. Right. Um, I can't tell people to look in the mirror without looking in the mirror. Totally. Yeah, I love that. I agree. We were just talking about that on the last one of the last episodes we were talking about, like in my recovery, like with making amends, like any that like part of it is always what is your part? What was my part? Mm -hmm. You know, it's without question. It's so huge. And that ownership, it's a very like when we talk about pet peeves, right? And then we talk about the opposite of like, what are you looking for? That's a huge thing. Instead of blaming to just take ownership is huge. I love it. Yeah. You know, I feel like it actually gives you release. It might suck for a second, but it actually releases the the energy or the altercate or whatever. It releases it so that you're not holding on to it. Yeah, I guess I think people get so fucking worked up with other people where it's like, yo, like, what, do you realize what you're doing to yourself? Right. Like at the end of the day, like what you're creating inside here for yourself is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And it just builds those relationships. Like if you have like a altercation or whatever you want to call it like that and someone owns it and, you know, like you said, I'm not promising perfection, but I'm promising to work on myself or whatever like what an amazing like step forward instead of like Mm -hmm. having a conversation and just like no ownership blame 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 and it's just like okay it's just like a block yeah it's It's never gonna go anywhere yeah we want these like relationships and we want this trust and if there's somebody in the situation that can't take ownership it's so hard to get there especially a lot of leaders are like that i do that with my kids even right like so it's like, I, you know, currently 16 and 20. Um, but even from when they were younger, like if I yelled at them and they didn't deserve to be yelled at, you know, I would be like, hey, you know what? I messed up, dude. Like, you're right. I actually should not have talked to you that way. Um, what you did didn't deserve that. But I was dealing with one of my own things and it doesn't make it right. But ultimately, like, I'm sorry. And I screwed up, you know, and I think, you know, I don't not, never lived under that guideline of like, I'm the parent, I'm right. And so I'm not going to do that at work either, where like, I'm the boss, I'm right. Like that to me is not the way to build a strong culture. I agree. Love that. So another question, this is a quick yes or no, or is your salon gratuity free? No, (laughs) hell no. (laughs) Hell no. No way, Jose. Uh Uh-uh. Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool. cool. No, we do Venmo though. Yeah. It's a conversation in the industry right now. And I think it's BS. (laughs) And of all the salon owners, zero people so far have said they're gratuity free. So, you know, like you said earlier about like, you know, there's people posting about like charge $1,200 because you're worth it. There's people posting gratuities are there's something I can't even say it like gratuities are so bad, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But like, you know, you may be like doing your own thing, living life. And then you see some of these things. It makes you question, like, am I doing something wrong? Um, yeah. You know, and I wanted to just ask that question on here it, because <laughs> just because you see it on Instagram doesn't mean people are actually doing it. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think that's one of the most important things that people, you know, need to understand. I mean, the nice thing that I know 
about you because we've worked together is that what you do on Instagram is what you do in life. And I think that that's a rarity in the modern, uh, modern landscape of social media. I think a lot of people, uh, go on social media, make outlandish statements or, you know, make uh, clickbait for people. And ultimately, are they actually like living that life that they're that they're talking about or, you know, oh, charge twelve hundred dollars, you know, uh, a service yet, you know, they're renting their apartment. They don't have health insurance and, you know, they're leasing they haven't their paid cars, their taxes. Right. Like I, I'm like, are are they live are their actions equaling the results that you want for your life? And I think that is extremely important to research um, you know, the people that you 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 follow and the people that you listen to, because like food or like anything, what you consume ultimately, you know, produces what's going on here, right? And um unhealthy consumption of social media or unhealthy uh, content ultimately will make, you know, this, probably this unhealthy. Um, and so I think it's really important to research who you follow, understand like, are they living a life that I like, that I would like for myself or that, you know, I aspire to have whatever the case may be. Um, and that's where you, you know, get your information from. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, another question, you're employee-based. Uh, how are you getting new staff? Like, where are you looking or how are you attracting them? Like, do you go out of your way and like DM people and say, come work at my place? Because like, that's another thing that's kind of going on is like, you know, people talking about people talking about how like salons need to start recruiting better and like, you know, I feel like there's like a very like quiet respect between a lot of salon owners. Like I don't personally DM people and say, come work at my salon or, you know, I really like have it be on attraction rather than like kind of going out of my way. Cause I wouldn't want that done to me. Right. But those conversations are being had in the industry. So I wanted to ask all of the salon owners, like, how do you go about finding new people or where do you look to start your recruiting? Yeah, I mean, people DM my staff all the time about working for them. So, yeah, Minneapolis must just be shady as fuck, uh, you know, but uh, we don't do that. We don't DM anybody. Um, we don't ultimately we don't recruit like people. You know, we've been around for 20 years. We're established in the community. Um, I'm an Aveda uh, graduate, like I said. So, like, they know who I am at, at the Aveda Institute. So we usually have, you know people coming through the door um a lot of times people work as receptionists when they're in hair school here and then go through hair school and then we hire them uh outside of that and so we you know in the 20 years um i think i've looked for one person they come find you yeah they come find us um and it's just kind of has been how it has been, but, uh, that doesn't mean that that's how it's always going to be. It's just, we have not had to go out and, and search for people. And I almost feel like too, like if you, you're going out and searching for people, it's much more difficult to, um, uh, have them fit into the ecosystem, right? Like they have to be kind of like called to that ecosystem first, 
And then I think it has a better chance of working out. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, before we even hit record today, I was asking you like what you wanted to talk about. And the first thing you said was culture. And it's like obvious that that's the most important thing and culture like in your business and culture will attract the people to you. So, you know, if you find that you like people aren't coming like out of their way, then maybe that's just a different thing to look at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I hear stories of like, you know, I'm not going to name names of places, but I hear stories where like assistants are meant to stand there and not speak and not, you know, like this is happening here in Minnesota. Um, you know, they're not allowed to talk to guests. Like I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like this is so crazy to me. I'm, I'm like, I want you to talk to every guest because A, you need to learn how to talk to guests. And B, when I'm not here, I want that guest to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go with Juliana to get my roots done. I'll go with, you know, Ashley to get my roots done. I have no problem going with these people because I've talked to them. Like, it's so weird to me. And so I think that's one of the reasons why our culture is strong. It's because we just pulling in people that we want people to grow. We want people to, you know, become uh, the best version of themselves, Um, even if that means not working here. Like I've had people move, you know, move to San Diego because it's always been their lifelong dream. I've had people who are fucking awesome stylists quit doing hair and go to fashion school. Joseph, you know, Joseph, I'm like writing him letters and supporting everything about. So, I mean, I think that's part of it too. Like as a salon owner, you're like, you can never leave. And I'm like, no, no, baby, be free. Like you do you, if this isn't for you anymore and you're ready to grow in a different way, I support that. Um, It doesn't mean I won't fight for you. It doesn't mean I won't say, Hey, are you sure you want to go? You know, that, that doesn't mean that. But at the end of the day, if you look me in the eyes and you're like, Hey man, I just need to go do X. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean oh, you're man. not going to be like a little sad too. Yeah, of course. There's emotion involved. I mean, you have these relationships. You've invested percent. Hopefully you like the person, you know, and like they bring an energy that you're not going to have anymore inside your business. And so, yeah, it's sad and it's emotional, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, make you sign a non-compete. I'm not going to go after you if you go work at the salon next door. Like I would rather, I want people here who want to be here because that's how you end up cultivating this culture. If you don't want to be here, the door is open and not in a negative way. Go be free, you know, um, and do what's best for you. Love that. So I have two more questions. And um, the first one is for the stylist listening. So I'm sure we have tons of amazing salon owners listening. And if you're a salon owner, please share this with other salon owners so they know this amazing free resource is available. <laughs> um, I'm sure we have amazing salon owners, but I'm sure we have stylists on here listening as well. And I'm sure some of them, their dream is to open a salon, or maybe they're in the middle of opening a salon, or maybe they're thinking about it. What advice would you give a stylist who wants to open a salon? Like that big brother advice, like honest advice, like you wish someone maybe grabbed you by your shoulders and told you. Yeah. Number one, it's not only about being creative. 
you 100%, 100% have to uh, put in processes. You have to put in processes for your desk. You have to put in processes for your stylist. You have to put in processes for your books. You have to put in processes for ordering your stuff. If you have processes, everything is going to be so much smoother and remove so much stress. You will actually probably be more creative because you're not stressing because the process ultimately will end up taking care of itself. Number two, um, open like a whole life insurance account that's paid for by the business as opposed to taking profits out of the business. That whole life insurance will bring you value. Like we all purchase million dollar policies. So when we're done with our salon, we will each get a million bucks. So that means my salon essentially will have sold itself for $3 million. If you know about salons, especially commission-based salons, when you sell them, there's not much value unless you have a chain or multiple locations. So your whole life's work has to be worth something at the end. So open a whole life policy for yourself. It's a little more expensive, but instead of taking profits to buy yourself a BMW right away or something, do the whole life insurance. And ultimately, yeah, ultimately work on your culture because I think culture is king at the end of the day when it comes to running a successful business. Love that. Now, the other question is for the salon owners listening. And we talked about so many valuable things, but I just want to ask you, because I've been asking all the salon owners this, like the salon owners listening together today, whether they're new, whether they've been in the business for a while, what's something you think every salon owner needs to know or realize, like something they just need to get through their head with the you know current times that we're in, something every salon owner should know? How do you talk about damage with your clients? Damage causes that frizzy, dull, and lackluster look. I love to fix all damage concerns with K18. Using K18 with all services reverses damage for better, longer-lasting results between salon visits. Powered by Biotech, K18's patented molecular repair technology powers deeper, lasting repair in just two steps. Their Pro Mask and Mist are loved by top stylists globally, and I know you will love K18 too. Upgrade your services and your clients' routines with professional pricing at Salon-Centric, K18HairPro.com, or through your local K18 distributor. I think a lot, maybe there's a bunch out there that already are in this boat, but work-life balance is real. And you have to accept it and you have to accept the changing mentality of youth in our industry. And you have to embrace it and you have to support it and you have to uplift it. doesn't mean they can't learn things. It doesn't mean there's not some things that are wrong, but as a whole, it needs to be embraced because that will make you a better salon owner and your salon won't get old and die with the age of your clients, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause that's what happens. Your clients time out. So it's just reality and your business times out. And so if you want to maintain a business and you want that business to be fresh and relevant, 
then you have to adjust yourself with the times. Don't expect the people coming in to completely adjust themselves to fit into you. Yeah, I think it goes back to that like beautiful analogy of like when you get stressed, you hold on to things that you mm-hmm. know because they did work. I'm totally yep. stealing this. Um, you hold on to things that work, but you just got to let go and be open. Yeah. You got, you got to let the energy flow. You got to let the opportunity flow, you know, into you and, um, totally stealing that. I mean, I'm guilty, you know what I mean? So I'm not saying again, I'm no one's judge or jury and I'm, I am a constant, you know, work, work myself, but, um, it's like little cracks in the armor. When you do let go for a minute, you see a lot of great things happen. I love it. Matt, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you so much. Um, yeah, I always, love you, G. Love you. You'll always be an amazing mentor for me. I love working with you. And, you know, if you guys aren't following him, which I'm sure they are, but tell them where to follow you, uh, you and your salon. Uh, yeah, so you can follow <laughs> myself at matt.swinney on Instagram and evolutionmpls is the salon. And so we just did a cool little artist video series. They're getting released one a week. So it's kind of a good time. You know, people want to hop on and take a look. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so, so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you leave a review or you share this episode with a salon owner who will benefit from it. I appreciate all of your shares, your ratings and reviews and your referrals. Please tell a friend. I'm not doing this to talk to no one. So (laughs) you get this for free. The fee is to share it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you all soon and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to Salon Ownership Unfiltered. This series has been so fun to record. I've learned so much from all of the amazing guests, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to provide this amazing free resource to all of you. It wouldn't be possible without all of my sponsors, my mastermind group, and Educate with Influence because those amazing people and businesses support this free education. So please check Check out all the sponsors. Visit ginabianca.com slash podcast to get all of the information and more resources attached to this episode. I would also love to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you're loving the podcast. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you guys soon and hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next one.